It's man versus beast and nation versus nation. The best bull riders in the world competing for Global Bull Riding's international prize, the PBR Global Cup. The ride turned around the world. The 2019 Winstar World Casino and Resort Global Cup. February 9th and 10th, it's Team USA versus the world. Howdy, fellas. What? The Global Cup bull riding. I know you're a fan of bull riding because who's not? Who's not a fan of bull riding? So that right there lets you know AT&T Stadium, Cowboys, where the Cowboys used to play. I don't know what day it is where you are, but it's day of no more football for the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't know. But a little fun fact for you guys. A little fun fact for you guys before we jump into it. Of course, you are tuned in to the North Texas Farm and Ranch Report. This is your numero uno for 2019. We wrapped up 2018. It's time for 2019, a new year. Let's kick it off right. Talking about cow stuff, horse stuff, what's going on. But anyway, beside that, you football fanatics, because that's what fan means, fanatic, Dallas Cowboys are out of it. But, I think, if I if I seen right on the television, there's another Dallas team that's still in it. And you're like, what the, what are you talking about? The Kansas City Chiefs. If you go back in the old days, there was a team called the Dallas Texans. What are you talking about? Back in the 60s, there was a couple teams here in Dallas. Dallas Texans. They said, you got to go. Dallas Texans, you guys got to get out of Texas. There's not enough room for that many football teams in Texas. Well, you're the expert. Well, you said it, not me. But anyway, the Dallas Texans moved way up yonder, went north to Kansas City, and they became known as the Kansas City Chiefs. So if anybody ever wants to know a fun fact for a trivia game, if you happen to be playing one, the Dallas Texans turned into the Kansas City Chiefs. And then many years later, many years later, Houston, the Houston Oilers, they went to Tennessee and became Tennessee Titans, had no idea to come up with a name for a team. Like, we have no idea a name for a team, so let's figure out what team used to be in Texas, and we'll just steal that name. And then Houston became the Houston Texans, copying the Dallas Texans. Why everybody wants to copy Dallas, I, I don't know. I have no idea. But that's what happens. Anyway, enough of that football talk. Let's talk about cow stuff. Let's talk about what's going on right here on the North Texas Farm and Ranch Report. I got some stuff for you tonight, today, this evening, this afternoon, this morning. Depends on what time your ear holes are focused on this we got some stolen cattle. Stolen cattle, if you keep your eyes out for that. Uh, the Cattle Raiser Convention is coming up. Uh, scholarship opportunity if you got a youngster that's looking to follow along in the agriculture field. we got that. Those of you that are not listening to this, that are watching this, wondering what's going on and why the s- color looks weird, uh... Yeah. Somebody put the wrong somebody put the wrong light bulbs 
in the light fixture today. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, that well, did you did you do it? Is that is that what the problem is? You did that? No. Oh, are you all right? Then who who put the who put the lights in here? That's what I want to know. Who put the lights? Who changed these light bulbs out? Dale. All right. Well, if you say so, we'll blame it on Dale. But anyway, that's why if you're looking at it, you're like, wow, you look yellow. Are you? You got jaundice? No, I don't have jaundice. All right, what was I at? Scholarship opportunities. I'm gonna tell you about that. Uh, then we'll jump into the market reports. The market reports, man. I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about uh, the beef fluctuation market with the trade wars and the tariffs and the all the hoofla going on right now. So that's kind of where everything's at. Uh, calving. When you're calving, you know. When do you castrate your bulls? When you got a bull calf, you think, you know what? This calf is not going to be somebody's baby daddy. We got to end that. When do you do it? Do you do it? How, you know, when do you do it? Well, someone did a study because everybody likes doing studies. So we got a study on studies about studying castration. So we're going to tell you about that. If your fence is down, somebody run over your fence, what happens? What does the law say about it? Well, I stumbled across an article from a lawyer, and we're going to tell you what the law says. Then we got some quarter horse stuff for you. About the uh, American Quarter Horse Association, because a lot of us that run cattle also ride great American quarter horses. So we're going to tell you about some quarter horse stuff and a little bit of horse news as we round that out. So what I'm going to do right now jump into uh, stolen cattle. The Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raider Association, District 5 in southeastern Oklahoma, which, uh, yeah, that sounds funny. They reported that 31 bred cows from a property a mile and a half north of Bryan County line in Atoka County. Sometime after the 4th of January, a thief or, or thieves, because it probably would take more than one to get 30 head of cattle out of there, they cut the fence, took 30 polled Herefords and one Red Angus, heavy bred cows. They have a HM connected brand on their right hip. So keep an eye out for HM, not HM Magazine. That's a whole different thing. HM connected brand on the right hip and ear tags in various colors. So does that mean these cows got rainbow ear tags because that would make more sense if they're tagged with various colors or are you one of those that just buys whatever random ear tag and stick it on your cow i don't know i can tell you something about ear tags though anyway if you happen to run across some polled herford some big bred polled herford cows or some cows that have recently calved because i'm not I'm, it doesn't say how how bred they were if they were heavy bred or light bred cows if you run across somebody making a good deal on some polled Herefords with an HM brand on there, be leery about that. Uh, maybe go check them out. And then if you do, call the Texas Southwest and Cattle Raiders Association. Ring-a-ding-ding them. Let them know, hey, this is, what I, this is what I stumbled across on the Internet because everybody is selling cattle on the interweb net. So do that. And then uh, ear tags. Multicolor ear tags? No, don't do that. Here's what we do: we run. I I wrote a story recently. If you go to pepperstrip.com 
and click on press releases or hot off the press news or one of those links in there. Anyway, I wrote a story recently because the cattle traceability was going around. And if you're not sure, um, the article that I wrote was also published in recently in Beef Magazine. And it also comes out in next month's edition of uh, the North Texas North Texas Farm Ranch Magazine, something like that. North Texas Farm and Farm Farm and Ranch Magazine. I don't. Anyway, it's coming out in there too, and then it's been syndicated to a bunch of other publications because apparently they like the words I put on the paper, which that rarely happens when it does. Hey, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut from time to time. Just don't choke on that nut because you'd be a blind squirrel choking on a nut, and that's no good. Uh, ear tags. In that story, I mentioned irritated because the story I wrote was about traceability because all these all these stories on the Internet about cattle traceability and can we trace cattle and where did our cows come from? Where did they go? How many times were they shipped to here, to there, to where? Well, let me tell you something. I went to Ireland recently. And while I was in Ireland, I learned something about cattle. Their cattle marks are a little bit different. I went to the Cashel, Cashel Mart over by the Rock of Cashel, the Cashel Mart. Um, I visited with that cell barn a, f- a few times. And I'm, there's a possibility we're going to have somebody from that cell barn on the show or on my other show at some point to talk about the cattle the cattle sale and the cattle market and how it works over there. Well, anyway, traceability is a big deal over there in Ireland. And the more times that cow, say when that, when that calf's born, the the more times that cow that that calf has been sold, you get docked. You get you get I guess like negative points. So the more times that calf that cow changes hands, decrease in value. So think about that. Doctor Pepper, I'm not gonna be drinking that. I've been on my good health kick. This last week I've had two. And a half Dr. Pepper just makes a half. Um, but traceability is a big deal over there. And so we talked a lot about, you know, how different things happen. And like over here in the U.S., especially here in North Texas, I see tons, and you may be one of them, of a, a sale barn trader, a calf sale barn trader. You know, I, I know there's a lot of horse trading going on, a lot of horse trading going on throughout the years, a lot of that, horse dealings. But I've realized here recently over the last couple of years that cell barn calf trading is a big deal. And, uh, you know, you got folks to go to the cell barn. They're going to the cell barn on Saturday, buying four or five calves, you know, pulling tags off, jacking the price up. And by Sunday, Monday, they're on the Internet on these, <laughs> on these Facebook sites for sale. And I'm like, what in the world? And what's funny about that is I went to – I went to the local sale here, oh man, probably been a month, a couple months ago. I went down there, I'd hauled some hauled some calves, and if it dries up enough, I got some more calves I need to get rid of. And I was down at the sale, dropped some calves off. I had one of our customers that we do some cow business with that we, you know, tend to their cattle and stuff like that. And they were in the market for some calves. They wanted a couple of calves to, you know, you know, feed up, raise up, whatever. I don't ask that many questions. I just when they ask me, I go. And they're like, hey, can you go down there and check us out, check out some calves, see if you can pick us up a couple of good calves, whatever. Okay. So I go down there, pick up some calves for a customer, and I'm watching the calf, the calf sale. And I go in there, you know, I bust out, bid a couple, couple of calves, pick up a couple of calves. I bid on, you know, 
four or five different calves, but you know when when they got they've got their price market what they want to spend on their calves, and you know I, so anyway, some of them I had to let go, a couple of them I got, and the very next day on these Facebook market groups, I'm looking at the same calves that I bid on Saturday on Sunday they're for sale on the dang Facebook trader. And I'm like, well, yeah, it happens. It happens. You know, people people got to make a living. They got dealing cash. But my thinking is, a lot of the folks that are buying off this Facebook market, those of you that go on there, I don't know, send me an email if you're if you're a frequent buyer of the Facebook markets. Send me an email. Tell me how your how your transactions have went. Because I'm just curious to how many of these people you go buy cattle from. Or you go buy calves from that tell you, yeah, I got this calf for sale. I bought it Saturday for $275, anywhere between $270 and $300. I bought this calf yesterday. And when you come and bought it today, it's $450. But as far as the price, you know, hey, shipping, handling, whatever. But when you go buy a calf, I'm just curious if. You've run across people that said, yeah, I buy I buy and sell calves all the time. That's what I do. I'm a calf trader. I go buy and sell cattle. I go buy and sell calves. I'm, I'm, I deal in the livestock market, not in the paper stock market like a lot of folks. Are they truthful with that, or do they kind of BS their way around it? I'm just curious because whenever I put calves up, I've got, I don't know, six or eight heifers that I need to sell. If it dries up enough, I'm going to haul them to the sale, and a couple of steers I need to get sold. And I've put them on uh, the Facebook markets. I put a video out there on there on Facebook market, and I put them on Craigslist and stuff. And most of the questions I've been getting on these calves is, are these cell-born calves? And I'm like, what are you? And then I got, you know, the wheels got to turning, got to thinking. I was like, you know what? And so I just, I was just curious. I was like, no, these calves are here. Their mama's here. Come look at them. Come look at their mama's. The daddies, they rotate, you know, the daddies rotate from time to time. But the mamas are here. Come look at the mamas. Come look at the babies. You know, they're, they're here. Come look at them. But anyway, enough of that. I'm just curious. I'm just I'm just curious about that. So if, if you're a sell, if you're a calf trader on, on uh, these marketplaces, let me know how that how the transactions go and things. If you're a buyer of those calves, send that to you. I'm just I'm just curious how it works. I'm not I'm not knocking either one because you gotta make a living. You know, it's no different than a horse trader that goes uh, and buys a horse at the sale barn Saturday morning and goes down south a couple hours and by seven o'clock at night, his horse is back for sale at the other other sale. There's a lot. There's a lot of that going. A lot of stuff like that goes on. A lot of stuff. I feel bad for the folks that are that are not not savvy to that that type of stuff and get caught up in it. A lot, a lot of times, you get a good deal. You can run across a great deal. Sometimes That's not what I expected. I heard you. All right. Dang. Come on, man. All right. So anyway, sorry about rambling about that. Ear tags. That's where, my, that's where I, I came into it. Because I talked to a couple of the uh, the Selborne calf cow traders. Matter of fact, my son has bought some cows. He bought some. He bought uh, a couple of cows from one of these Selborne traders. And there's a guy here in... Uh, Oh, he's east of us out, I guess, around Canton, somewhere out that way. 
and he's he's a big time sale barn trader. And my son's bought some cows from him. Great cows. Nice, gentle cows. They were bred like he said. They calved like he said. Great cows. So there's some folks out there that's doing it the right way. But what I was mentioning about all that hoopla was the article I wrote about traceability. It took me 10 minutes, but I circled back around. Come back around to the traceability. Um, that's the big thing in the news. There's a bunch of feed yards somewhere up north. The feed yard come up with an idea of a of a traceable tag. Oh, we got a tag that we're going to scan and trace and put in a database and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So they had contacted me and, and was and, uh, with the Texas feed yard or feeders up here in Texas. I talked to some of them. Then they sent me, I got an email from somebody. I emailed them back and a Texas, some kind of Texas feed yard or something. Another. They called me and they said, hey, you want to be part of a program? This is blah, 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 blah. I'm already doing that. My cattle are already traceable. They're like, what are you talking about? Well, here's the deal. I buy tags on my cows. I've got two. My cows got two tags. One tag is going to say 7SC Ranch. And it's going to have a number one here. The other is going to have a tag that says AgX with a scan label. It's got numbers and a scan label. And what that scan is, is traceability. So all my cows here got traceability, and they're also, uh, I've done the, I know RCAF, I know I'm getting ahead of myself in my stories, but anyway, RCAF and Beef Quality and Beef Assurance, all these guys are all bickering back and forth, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, Beef Quality Assurance, if you want to be BQA certified, I went ahead and did it. It was free. I went online, Beef Quality Assurance certification. I went and did that for cow-calf operators. So it's pretty much what most, most of us do in the cow-calf business anyway, and that's what I did. So I went and got certified. So if it makes a difference, these calves are BQA certified calves. Well, anyway, they also got traceability, if that helps too. You say traceability, what does that mean? These tags on my calves, they're AgX tag. They got a barcode. You run that calf through a chute, scan that barcode. You scan that barcode. If you don't, if you can't scan it, and you got an RFD one, well, those RFD, you know, R ones that scans ear tags you use one of them too one of those readers like you're a luke skywalker uh space jam space jam space jam star trek star wars one of those movies i just made 50 percent of you mad all right you want that calf and then bam information on your screen where this calf came from what happened to this calf what it do where it's been what i did you know why because when you work these cows on those ear tags from, from AgX, AgX tag, you can go on your computer, you can go on your phone, you can go on your tablet, anywhere you got access to the internet, you can pull it up. If you're working your cows, you don't have internet, it don't matter because if you scan it on your phone, type it in there, do, 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 when you get to internet service, bam, uploads to your network. So it don't matter. But anyway, everything we've done to these calves is on that tag. You scan it, bam. When we when we vaccinated these calves, what we vaccinated them with, what we've done, all the stuff we did to these calves are on those tags. If you buy one individually, say somebody was to come out here and buy this pen of calves I got before I haul them off, then all you got to do is call down, go down there to uh, Agex, call them, hey, uh, I just bought these calves, tag number, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll say, okay, well, you got an Agex account. And then they say, no, I don't. Well, it's free. So you get one, it's free. Bam. Those calves are in your name. 
information's there. Traceability. So you know where the Cavs came from, you know where they're going. And as simple as that. I don't know why everybody's getting upset about thinking the government's in their business. Well, no, I just do it for my own, for my own self because I'm not going to pay a couple hundred dollars a month for a software to track, keep track of my, my cattle when I can use the AgX herd software for free and I, all I got to do is buy a tag for $2 tag. Well, you know, a $2 RFD tag, that's about what they cost, $2. So that's just how it works out. I rambled way too long. I'll tell you what. Let me jump on one of these other stories. Rodeo fans, you're invited to the rodeo where million-dollar dreams begin. The semifinals of RFD-TV's The American, February 27th through March 1st at the historic Countdown Coliseum in Fort Worth. Tickets and more. Go to AmericanRodeo.com. Yeah, because you want to be there. Who does not want to be at the American? Semifinals, rodeo time, uh, Fort Worth. Oh, he's, he said it. Why do I got to repeat it? I don't need to repeat it, do I? Uh, enough rambling. I think I upset half of you guys. The rest of you are like, what are they talking about? So that's fine. That's how it works. The Texas Southwestern Cattle Raisers, the Cattle Raisers Convention is going to be in March. Right now, the, or right, not right now, but maybe right now, depends on what your time frame is on uh, taking a gander at this. But anyway, the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo is coming up, fixing to happen. Uh, and of a few a few days to it's it's happening in a few days to right now depending on what time you uh take a gander what's going on here but anyway so that's fixing to happen and then next month in march the 29th 31st is the calibrators convention you're going to want to be part of that there's always always a lot of stuff going on um man the calibrators convention is good if, if you if you're new to if you're new to running cattle or you've been running cattle all your life it don't matter because you're going to go down there and learn something because things are always changing. Something's always changing. Something's always evolving. So get down there and check it out. Another thing that's good with the uh, Cattle Raiders Association along with the Cattle Raiders Museum is this. The Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Foundation is now accepting applications for scholarships for the 2019-2020 school year. The deadline to apply is February the 1st. So you have from now until February the 1st to get your kid or yourself, if you're a high schooler or a regular schooler. It doesn't say, it doesn't say high school, does it? It doesn't say high school. You, I don't know if you watch a lot of what we do here, but proofreading is not one of those things. Uh, the Foundation Awards, this Foundation Awards scholarships to deserving students who dream of working in agricultural sectors with majors that include animal science, pre-vet, agribusiness, range management, and wildlife, among others. Uh, those selected on the basis of their interest in the industry, leadership in school, community, academic achievement, and financial needs. The application information on qualifications can be found online at CattleRaisersMuseum.org. CattleRaisersMuseum.org. Now, if you think that's a great idea and you'd like to help out or throw a little bit of a little cash that way, then you yourself can also visit 
thecattleraisersmuseum.org and throw a couple dollar dollar bills, y'all. Check it out. All right, let's get into the uh, the market reports. I think I've rambled enough or way too much about everything else that we need to run into the uh, into the market reports and see what is going on in the uh, in the cattle markets. So I think that's what I'll do. You know these these uh, sell barn reports. You know livestock it says livestock market reports. These reports can be found on the website pepperstewart.com pepperstewart.com and these market reports you know you can find them they're all they're all on there um so check them out let's see what you got here you got the uh if you're looking whatever you're looking at let's run let's go to to uh heifer let's say heifer i got a bunch of heifers out here in the sale more heifers and steers. So let's look at the mine are probably about four to five weights. So right here at the Dahlia livestock auction, these heifers four to five weights run a dollar, dollar sixty-five a pound. And I'm gonna do that. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna continue with the four to five weights all the way across the board. Uh, four to five weight heifers, Emory livestock auction, eighty cents to a dollar fifty. Athens. 85 cents to a dollar 40 Caldwell livestock market dollar 39 to a dollar and 67 let's go to kinder livestock auction and the heifers 80 cents to a dollar and 30 Durant stockyards Durant Oklahoma your four to five weight heifers a dollar 15 to dollar 52 mid-america heifers dollar 20 to a dollar and 56. Red River Livestock in Oklahoma. And there's a reason I said Oklahoma. Uh, your four to fives are dollar ten, dollar fifty. Hamilton Commission Company, Heifers, one forty to one fifty. Your Red River in Louisiana, because there's a Cachata, Louisiana, your Red River. Your Heifers. Four to five what? One twenty one sixty. Sulphur Springs, Texas, the net bio sale. I've talked to these folks a few times. If you Google on the tube of YouTube, you can find uh, my visit with the NetBio, what that's all about as far as their preconditioned sale and how that stuff works. You can always find that in the list. They've got the calendar dates there of the sales coming up. J&J Livestock Auctions. Heifers, four to fives. Dollar twenty, dollar fifty-two. Uh, Rika Livestock Commission Company. I probably said that wrong, but that's okay. Heifers. Well, I got this thing. Heifer. Heifer. Where'd it, where'd it go? Oh, there it is. One twenty-five, one fifty-four. See, I told you we don't proofread anything around here. What's the, what's the point? It, it's not entertaining if you know what you're saying. All right, Silver Dairy. This is the Dairy Silver Springs. So that's really not going to affect what we're talking about. But you go to Silver Springs regular livestock auction. Your heifers four to five weights, ninety cents to a dollar and thirty-seven. All right, East Texas livestock at a Crockett heifers dollar ten, dollar sixty-eight. Right here in Pleasanton, Texas, you got a big sale coming up on February the ninth at one p.m. You got a replacement heifer, a replacement female sale right there. They got five hundred head. 
of replacement females right there. They got pears. Then they're gonna have some pears, some bread, some open. They got a lot of cows going on. So check it out. Try kind of livestock right here. Your forty-five heifers, dollar fifteen, dollar thirty. El Campo. Let's see if you can make it smaller. How about that? Can you make a smaller report for me? That would be great. Dollar thirty-one, dollar fifty-six, and then Decatur, way up there in Decatur. I forget what joke that goes with, but it's not funny to anyone else. Heifers. Wow. Can't read that. Alright. Does it say 65 to a... Whoa. 65 to dollar sixty-two. That, that's not too good. Not so good way up there in in Decatur, but hey. To ease their own stuff happens. That's just how it goes. That's how it goes in the cow, in the cow business. There's, you know, people talk about the stock market up there in uh, Wall Street with the stock market down here. It's no different. It's it's not not that much different. The risk is there. The reward is there. So it's 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 all on what game you want to play. It depends on how active you want to be outside. I guess you know you can be a, you can be a stockbroker in the house. You can be a stockbroker outside. It just depends on where you want to spend your time. As far as I'm concerned, I want to spend, spend my time outside. That's where that's where I like to I like to go. All right, let's talk about something else. Calves are hitting the ground, and everybody always asks about this. Comes up in the topic of discussion a lot of times about bull calves, and everybody wants to know about cash rate. When, when's the best time to cash rate them bulls? Make steers out of them. So, as always, like we mentioned before, everybody likes to do reports. There's always a report about a report. Always. Well, there's a fella by the name of Mark Hilton put an article together. And I took a gander at that article and I thought, you know what? That's some good information. I think I'll tell everybody about that. And so that's kind of what I'm going to do uh, right now for you guys. So, Kansas State University, way, way up yonder. I don't know if Dorothy's there. Is she in Kansas anymore? I don't know. Kansas State University did a study because everybody likes studies. So their study showed that bulls castrated an average at an average of three months and weighed an average three months weighed two pounds more at seven and a half months than it, than the intact bulls did in the study. So at seven and a half months, the bulls were castrated. They were put together. So what they did, they took a bunch of calves. They castrated some young. The, the bull calves, some of them they castrated young, and some of them they left alone. And at seven and a half months, they took the ones they castrated young, and the other bulls and cash rate them at seven and a half, stuck them together and said, hey, let's see what happens. The steers cash rate as calves gained 48 pounds, while the bulls that were recently cash rated, they were about an average about 570 pounds. They only gained 33 pounds. So that is a loss potential gain of about 15 pounds. The late Cash rate of bulls, they had to deal with the stress, you know, the stress from healing. Of course, healing from surgery, yeah, you know, it takes, takes a little bit out of you, heal from surgery. 
Now the uh, there's a fallacy out there. That's not my word. That's that's what Mark told me. That's Mark's words. His word is fallacy. It's a fallacy or myth, as you want to call it, that there is a positive testosterone effect that justifies not castrating your bulls till they're about 500 pounds. Everybody's like, you know, well, don't don't castrate your bulls. Let them, you know, beef it up about 500 pounds. Then do it. That's a myth. Don't do that. Don't do it. Um, it's a myth. When the bull calves were blood tested to measure testosterone levels, the high levels did not occur until eight to nine months of age. So, bulls castrated at over 500 pounds are going to lose weight for two weeks after castration. That ain't helping nobody. Um, so, basically, out of that study, they're pretty much telling you that castrating your calves later is going to hurt you in the long run, so do it while they're young. If you got if you got calves that you're running commercial cattle, whatever you don't you don't plan on making herd bull at him, he's not going to be your next grand champion. Then it's best when he's young to be done with it, let him grow off and be a big boy. Um, the BQA we may, I mentioned earlier probably upset half of you folks that are upset with not wanting to be a certified BQ. It's free. Come on, guys. It's free to be certified. It's on the internet. People are like, well, it costs a lot of money. Who's paying for all that? It's on the internet. Stuff on the internet, it's programming, it's this, it's not, there's nobody making, I mean, yeah, it costs money for the programs or whatnot, but it's not like you're going to class and teachers and all that. It's, it's an online course. You go in there two hours, punch a bunch of buttons, and then when you get done, you print a certificate out if you pass. No big deal. Anyway, just take it. It's free. Just do what's free. BQA certified. Then you, then you can have a big piece of paper like I got. It says beef quality assurance certification. Well, everybody wants a piece of paper on the wall. You go to college for however many years you want to go, depending on what you want to do, to get that piece of paper to hang on that wall. Well, that's what I did. I got a BQA I hung on the wall. Why not? Anyway, enough BSing about BQA. The Beef Quality Assurance, BK, BQA, the guidelines on castration. They got guidelines on the castration when you take this. They tell you, all bulls, this is this is a quote from the BQA in the guidelines. I'm, I got to, I got to, you know what? While I'm sitting here, I'll, I'll just throw this in your face here. I got a book right here. See my book? Beef Quality Assurance Manual. I got a, I got a manual right here, so I, I can tell you about that. Anyway, I'll put that. I put that over there. So here's the guidelines. In that manual, it tells you this. All bulls that are not herd sire prospects should be castrated as early in life as possible. Early castration is less stressful on bull calves. Preferably, castration should occur between birth and four months of age. Now, if you want to look at it again, and you think, okay, well, I'm I'm RCAF certified. I'm not BQA certified. I don't know if it's RCAF certification. I just know that RCAF and the beef checkoff fight each other all the time on the Internet, and I think it's funny. Anyway, American Veterinary Medical Association, they've got a policy also. And what is the American Veterinarian 
Veterinary Medical Association, what do they say about castration? Both dehorning and castration should be done at the earliest age practicable. Practicable? Practic oh, practicable. Okay. Sorry. I didn't read that properly. Practicable. Pra why would you say? Why don't you just say earliest age possible, not practicable? You're trying to confuse folks. As a cow-calf producer, you don't want a stalker, you know, a stalker backgrounder and feedlot owners to make a very, what? We don't want, blah, blah, what? I don't know what I'm talking about here. The more prop, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's a bunch of, I ain't worried about that. Anyway, they did another study or part of that study about the castration. I'm not getting into that part because that's not, I mean, it's relevant, but it's not. Basically, the younger the bulls are, castrate them, the older, they, the older they are, when they make it to the feed yard, the older the bull is, there's a about a 3% chance that, uh, yeah, he don't make it out of there. So anyway, the younger the better. Get it done. Why do you think they do it? Why think that? Why do you? <laughs> why do you think they do it to the, to us, to the human folks when we're young? Get it done out of the way. I'm not talking about castration, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you, you get that, you get that kind of stuff done early while they're young. Maybe you don't remember. Maybe you forget. Think about, think about yourself when you were, when you're a youngster. If, if you know that happened to you. I'm not talking about castration, but you know what I mean. Anyway, would you rather that happen? Well, you're a youngster, or you want to wait till you, till you're older and do it then? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you would. I don't. I really, really don't. I don't think so. All right, let's jump into. I don't know how long I've been rambling here, but we gotta get, we gotta get this done. There's way too much rambling going on. All right, let's talk about the law. And uh, once again, don't get upset because I don't proofread anything. I don't, I don't like to proofread. I think it, I think it takes out the element of surprise. You know, when I read these stories that are handed to me, I like to be surprised when I read the story. That way, I can, I can be just as surprised as you are when I say it. Because when I say it, I'm surprised myself as I said it. As surprising as you heard it, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Texas landowner leaned for damaged fence. This comes from Tiffany Dow. She's the Texas law expert. Ag law expert. Um, to whom does this apply? The lien provides the landowner on the property enclosed a fence or the structure office designed to exclude intruders or contain livestock, maintain a lien against the motorist who damaged the fence. Okay. With a motor vehicle, if the vehicle is owned by the motorist, or if the motorist has consent to drive. So whoever runs over your property, you can put a lien on them. If they hit your fence, tear it up. Uh, how much is it for? The statute provides that the amount of the landowner's lien is the lesser of a fair market value of the motor vehicle on the date the fence is damaged. The actual costs incurred by the landowner to repair the fence and recapture any livestock or other animals that escaped as a direct result of damage to the fence. 
and costs to have the vehicle towed and stored. Additionally, the lien grants a landowner the right to select a towing service to remove the abandoned vehicle from the property. Okay, so that's just saying if they wreck it and then they, some drunk runs off the road and runs through your fence and they take off running. That happened one time when I was a youngster. When I was at the grandpa's farm. Oh, Diamond, Diamond K. Black Angus Ranch. Diamond K Ranches out there in Wills Point, Texas. Was getting ready to go to church one Sunday morning back when I was a youngster and went outside and somebody had happened to run through the corner post. Boop. And run through the fence, back up, and they left. But you know what they forgot? They forgot their license plate. They probably thought nothing about it at the time, but in retrospect, that was a bad idea. Anyway. To what property does it attach? The lien attaches only to the motor vehicle that caused the damage to the fence. It does not attach to any other assets of the driver or the vehicle owner. So you can only get a lien on the vehicle itself, I'm guessing. Uh, how's the lien obtained? The landowner must obtain court order granting such a lien. How's the lien perfected? In order to perfect the lien on the vehicle, the landowner must have it recorded on the title as provided by the Texas Transportation Code Section 501.111.117. This requires recording the lien in the Texas Department of Motor Vehicle System, blah, 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 blah. And the Texas, okay. When is the lien discharged? The lien is discharged upon the payment being made to the landowner. So, all right, so basically what this is saying is, after I done mumbled for, seems like five hours or five minutes, Somebody runs through your fence. You take ownership of that vehicle until they pay. So if they run through your fence and crash, especially if the vehicle is immobile and they can't drive it, you get your own tow truck to come get it, tow it off, and you hold that vehicle hostage till they pay up. That's what I got from that whole story. I could be right. I could be wrong. I don't know. Our next story brought to you by Rodeo Clothing, House of Lords. House of Lords, Rodeo Clothing Company. The shirts that you see me wearing pretty much 90% of the time are Rodeo Clothing Company. Rodeo Clothing Company. Say that 10 times fast. They're made by House of Lords. So if you're Googling on the internet and you're looking them up, look up House of Lords. Because Rodeo Clothing is a division of House of Lords. That's for shirts like this. I mean, if you're going down to your local Western store and you're paying 60 bucks, 70, 80 bucks for shirts that resemble this, well, you can get these for half, half, or even less than half the cost of that stuff you're buying at, you know, the big box Western stores. So, in case you're wondering about that and you want to get some shirts that don't look like everybody else, you know, you want to be, be like everybody else, you want to stand out, you'll be different. That's where you get your shirts. House of Lords, Rodeo Clothing Company. The only thing is, when you're looking online, the, the man, their catalog online, the shirts are great, and they're nice shirts when you get them, but the pictures that they have, they, they look weird. I'm sorry. The shirts look weird when you look at them online, and I think that's part of the part of the issue, that when you're shirt shopping and you look at the shirt, you're like, wow, that, that kind of looks funny. Well, I don't know who took their pictures or how they put their catalog together, but it's kind of, because it, that's what happened to me when I was picking out shirts. You know, when 
when our partnership sponsorship came came about and they sent me the catalog to pick out shirts i was like this is ah i don't know and then i picked them out they showed up I'm like wow dang these are nice so thank you if you're looking at a online you're looking at a two and when it shows up it's a 10 who's winning now all right let's talk about horses everybody's got horses matter of fact i got horses outside and across country i got a horse over there in uh way over there godly godly texas i got a mare one of my mares over there you probably seen her on the internet time or two i sent her over there to uh get a little get a little testing just see what she can do you know i bring a horse in that's been so muddy over here and dirty and nasty and really ain't been able to do anything and i rode that horse i've rode her i don't know probably 10 times i brought her in i ain't really had a chance to take her anywhere and test her out because it's been raining every dang day so i sent her off to some good folks over yonder and godly to put a little time on her just see what just see what she can do you know i'm not looking for anything fancy i just i just want to know what uh her limitations are what she can do and we'll we'll divulge more of that information on the next episode but i'll tell you about this march march the 8th at the omni hotel in fort worth texas is the american Quarters association convention it's a uh a lot of stuff going on. You're going to have uh, equine, industry, in, equine Industry Business Workshops. You're going to have meetings. You're going to have a Boot Scooting Foundation. What? Oh, it's a party. 6.30 on Saturday night. Oh, okay, you got a party. Boot Scooting Party. You're going to get your boot scooting on. Okay. On Thursday, you're going to have a horse. What? They scattered this. They should have put these in order. A horse farm tour. There's a horse farm tour. We're going to tour some of the horses. A wine tasting. I didn't know they had quarter horse wine, but apparently there's quarter horse wine. I don't know if it's made out of horse. Well, wine tasting. They're going to have one of those. Um, why would you have a wine tasting at a horse convention? I don't. I don't know. I, I guess I, I can't say much because we got Seven SC Ranch wine. We got bottles of wine if you'd like to purchase some of those. So I can't, I guess I can't speak, speak too different on that. But it just ain't wine if you have, it just ain't different at them. But maybe not. Maybe I'm expecting a whiskey convention. I did go to a whiskey convention in Dallas one time. Um, that's where I ended up with that deal with that, that one whiskey company. And they, it worked. We had, it, <laughs> it was all right for, for a while. We had, we had a good partnership there for a little bit. I just, you know, we had some disagreements on on the signage on their advertising. It just, it just, it didn't, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Don't don't try to sell. Don't try to sell. Don't try to sell Western. The Western image to the Western people, with the bogus logo and a bogus. You know, people pick that. People are gonna see that. Like, what? What? What are you? This is not what I'm talking about. Anyway, I want to get into that. I don't want to get all legal, all legal lead on that deal. All right, before I round out, I done burnt enough of your time, tickled your ears, burnt your eyes, but we're going to talk about something serious. Your horse's colic. Talk about colic. Signs of colic. In case you're wondering about that. 
turning the heat toward the flank. Pawing, kicking her butt at their abdomen, stretching out like they're going to urinate but not doing it, laying down, getting up, laying down, getting up, or just trying to get up, rolling around crazily. Not like, you know, a horse normally roll, but I mean, when they're like rolling around violently. Sitting like a dog, you know, sitting like a dog, a dog position or lying on their back. Don't want to eat. Putting their head down in the water, don't drink. Lack of bowel movements. Absence of reduced digestive sounds, which that kind of goes along with the other. Uh, heavy sweating, rapid restoration, flared nostril, elevated pulse, greater than 52 beats a minute. Alright, come on now. Depression, really? You're going to go out there and look at a horse and you can tell if it's depressed or not? I'm going to call BS on that one. Lip curling or cool extremities. Any of these signs right here? Signs for colic to look for, especially those of you that like to stall your horses up in stalls. You know, I've said it a lot of times that I, I like, you know, we keep our horses out in the pasture, they run out in the pasture. The only time they're in the stall is to eat. They come in, they eat, and they get back out. I'm not a fan of keeping horses in stalls, but I understand why a lot of folks have to do it. If you do, hey, you do, but just keep an eye on your horses and make sure you don't have any issues, any colics. That's not that's not good. Not good. You know, I had to make that call one time. It was probably Oh man, one or two o'clock in the morning. One of our champ our champagne stud that we had here for years. Um you because know, our we're being a stud, we kept in a st we got a stud lot. It's probably about a, I don't know, it was probably a hundred, about a hundred by a hundred uh, lot that the stud ran into. It was a big lot for the stud, and we kept him at him. Anyway, one year he'd call it, and about one o'clock in the morning we had to call the bed out to come out here and tube him and do all that mess and dollar dollar bills, y'all. Colic is expensive. So anyway, keep an eye on your horses. Keep them hydrated. Keep that stuff flowing through. You don't want to have any issues with that. And uh, also, if you're following along on The Pepper Stewart on Facebook, be sure and do that because we're about to kick off the giveaway for the tickets for the American that's coming up at at and Stadium. We told you earlier about the semifinals that are going to be taking place in Fort Worth at the Stockyards. But after the semifinals are done and those folks are chosen to make it to the actual American event at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. That's where you want to be. We're going to be giving tickets away on Facebook, on The Pepper Stewart, and probably on uh, Instagram. We may put some information out on the Instagram, but the place to enter is going to be on the Facebook, on The Pepper Stewart, if you want to get a shot at tickets for that. We just got done with our tickets for the PBR Global Cup that's going to be taking place next month. So our next giveaway is going to be for the for the American. The richest weekend in Western sports is coming to the home of the Dallas Cowboys. RFD TV's The American returns to AT&T Stadium March 2nd and 3rd. Tickets start at just $10. Someone could win $1 million at the rodeo where dreams come true. RFD TV's The American, AmericanRodeo.com. I said next month. Next month is the PBR Global Cup. March is the American. That's what he just told you. 